0: Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Craig F., uh, and I'm a recovered compulsive eater. Uh, Today's date is February the 18th. Uh, Today we're reading from the big book, and we're at page uh, number uh, nine. Uh, And we're starting with the first paragraph where it says, the door opened. And he stood there, fresh-faced and glowing, and we're reading five paragraphs through. My gin would last longer than his preaching. Um, today's readers are, uh, for the 12 steps, Allison E., for the 12 traditions, Amy K., for the, the text, we have Martha Z., uh, Allison L., and Katie F., uh, and uh, the reference number for uh, yesterday's special edition was... 12,558. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We're self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Allison E. to read the 12 steps.
1: Hi, good morning everyone. This is Allison E., compulsive overeater from New York. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me do service. Pass.
2: All right.
0: Thank you. Okay. Now we're going to have Amy Kay read the 12 traditions.
3: Good morning. It's Amy Kay. I'm a recovered compulsive eater in New York, and these are the 12 traditions. 7. Every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. 8. Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. 9. OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10. Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues.
0: Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive over only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We're sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book Uh, on page nine, the first paragraph, reading through five paragraphs. uh, The door opened, and he stood there fresh-faced and glowing through. My gin would last longer than his preaching. Um, I'm now going to ask Martha Z. To uh, begin reading.
1: Good morning, Craig. Um,
4: This is Martha C. I'm a compulsive overeater by the grace of God from outside of Philadelphia. The door opened and he stood there, fresh skinned and glowing. There was something about his eyes. He was inexplicably different. What had happened? I pushed a drink across the table. He refused it. Disappointed but curious, I wondered what had gotten into the fellow who wasn't himself. Come, what's all this about? I queried. He looked straight at me, simply but smiling. He said, I've got religion. I was aghast. Oh, I'm sorry, is that it? No, I was aghast. So that was it, last summer an alcoholic crackpot. Now I suspected a little crack about religion. He had that starry-eyed look. Yes, the old boy was on fire all right, but bless his heart. Let him rant. Besides, my gym would last longer than his preaching. Okay, so... um. So we're talking about Ebby Thatcher. So Bill opens the door, and he's standing there, and and he's fresh skinned and glowing, and he's sober, and he's he's looking at him, and he's saying, "There's something about his eyes." And um, he says he was inexplicably different, which means he couldn't explain what was different about him. So he he pushes a drink across the table, and and Ebby um, refuses it, and it says, disappointed but curious, he wondered what had gotten into his friend. Okay. So Bill knew Ebby. He knew he he was actually a worse alcoholic than he was, and he used to say, "You know, if I get worse than Ebby, then you know I'll have to do something." And um, when I was reading this, I was thinking about the the um, saying that's attributed to Saint Francis, which says, "Preach the gospel, and if necessary, use words." And I just started thinking about, you know, in Am I doing that as I go out into the world, not just at my meetings, but everywhere I am? And um, is there something about me that's different, you know? And because we talk about to be helpful as our only aim, and um, my prayer for the day, during the day, many times a day, is help me to be a good instrument and blessing for those whose lives I touch. And um, the other day on Saturday, I was at my local meeting and it was was my anniversary on Friday, so um I shared that there's a part in the meeting that asks about that and and afterward, there was a newcomer and it was my thirtieth anniversary and um she said to me oh i didn't I didn't think that was possible and i I looked at her and i you know i mean I looked directly at her, and I said, You know it is possible, people are doing it and I said. The woman that's sitting next to me has 35 and a half years, and the woman that's sitting next to her has almost 37 years. But as I thought about it, like, that was only the beginning of it. She didn't, you know, that was, that was freedom from the food obsession, but that's not everything that comes with this. So um, there was just one other thing that I wanted to close with, and the other thing I thought of was the last paragraph in the AA 12 and 12 for um, Step 12, and it says, those of us who live this program don't simply carry the message. We are the message. Each day that we live well, we are well, and we embody the joy of recovery which attracts others who want what we found in OA. We're always happy to share our secret, the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous, which empower each of us to live well and be well one day at a time. Thanks for letting me share.
0: All right. Thank you. Okay, now we're going to uh, open up the floor for uh, pitches. I want to remind everybody that if you've shared in the last two days, that means last Thursday or Friday, uh, please uh, uh, please give someone else that hasn't shared recently a chance to go first. Okay, so who would like to share on these five paragraphs?
5: Kim J. Okay. Rita gotcha. P.
2: Riva P. Who else? Jennifer W. All right. Got gotcha. you. Amy K. Amy K.
6: Lydia T.
3: Ann who was M. that
0: t all right Ann M who was that t Lydia Lydia Thank you, Lydia. okay, that's six, so we're gonna go with that Kim good morning
5: Good morning Craig. Good morning, everyone. My name is Kim. G. I'm a recovered compulsive liveter from South Jersey. I love that line, you know, there was something about his eyes that was inexplicably different. And, you know, it always reminds me of a spiritual experience. There's a line in there that says, what often takes place in a few months could seldom have been accomplished by years of self-discipline. You know, and my personal experience in the the quarter century that I've been in Overeaters Anonymous is I've attended a lot of meetings and my personal program of recovery with years of self-discipline. No, I don't know if you've had this experience, but I've definitely been in meetings where I've had someone to my left to and they have 10 years, two months, one week, two days, and 48 minutes of abstinence, and you can feel the anxiety coming off of them. It's one day at a time. Wait, not on this. And then I eat the food. And then on the other side of you is somebody goes, yeah, I've been asking for six months. I've been through these steps. I did this awesome nine step last week. And I'm so excited. I took my first fifth step yesterday. And you can feel the calmness, the serenity, the peace. Why is that? Because we're in a 12-step program that promises us freedom in a couple months versus the way that I used OA as a dieting with group support and used years of self-discipline trying to beat the food. You know, Bill is saying that he's seen Eddie Sober. I, I'm thinking he probably has seen Eddie Sober many times in that white-knuckled state. We've seen Bill have periods of sobriety in those first eight pages, followed by more relapse because he's doing it on self-will and self-knowledge. What's different? It's that spiritual awakening. Once again, my personal experience is I had six years of back-to-back, white knuckles, you know, one day at a time, staying abstinent by telling myself, tomorrow I'll have a bagel, tomorrow I'll have a bagel, but today I will not have that bagel. And I just celebrated eight years of contented
3: abstinence.
5: To the point, I forgot it was my anniversary until a couple days later. Well, I've seen the same transition in my home group. I've attended the same home group for 20-something years. For many years, what we did is we read the, the stories in the back, we read for 20 minutes, and then we would complain about our date because I was told you, know, you got to share it or wear it. But over these last eight years, as people have begun to recover through this big book method, we are now a page-by-page big book study I've seen what a difference. I've seen a message of best and weight. I've seen rooms that are full of people sharing and desperate to help the next suffering compulsive reader. That's what I see that Ebby is bringing to Bill. And that's what this meeting and other healthy Oak Readers Anonymous meetings bring to this sacred fellowship. And with that, I pass.
2: Okay. Thank you, Kim. Reba P., your turn.
7: Good morning. This is Reva P., Grateful, Recovered, Compulsive Overeater in Toronto. And I have such a huge remember when reading these paragraphs. Um, and it reminds me, it doesn't really matter what anybody says. Somebody can preach the big book and um, understand it or know it really well. But what was what was so attractive and what got my curiosity in the first meeting I went to was not just the fact that there were people in slim bodies, but it was that something about their eyes, something about their energy, was like bricks were off their shoulders, and it was so, um, it was so attractive. It was so, um, it, it got me so curious, and it was different than anything I had ever seen, and I had been in. You know, medical programs for um, eating disorders, I never saw anybody emulate that. And that continues to be um, something that keeps me uh, motivated on the path when I see the program working. It doesn't matter what somebody says. It's like you they are a walking big book. Um, that is just so inspiring. And I have seen over the years, people totally transformed and inexplicably different. I don't know how to explain it. These are not the same people. Um, and what also struck me is very simple sentence. He refused it. And that's what it's like after working the steps, you know, putting down the food, working the steps. By the time we get to step 10, 11, 12, this position of neutrality, It's like, ah, he refused it. No struggle, no debate, um, and and that's another gift of the program, and it's so simple. He walks in, he doesn't rant, he refuses the drink, and that's how life is um, when we put down the food and work the steps, ease and simplicity with a power um, that I never ever um, knew or experienced in my life. And uh, with that, I pass.
2: Okay, thank you, Jennifer W. Your turn.
8: Hi, this is Jennifer, compulsive overeater from Stockholm. Uh, Morning. I'm very, very, very grateful to be on a vision for you that I found this group because. To me, when I hear people here on the line, I hear recovery and I hear I hear people saying that they are recovered and it really gives me a lot of hope. Um, We have uh, some meetings here in in Stockholm, however, it's not so long a period of abstinence that people have and uh, the entire abstinence is sometimes missing out. And... uh, me uh, I'm a therapist so I work uh, with people and I have this tendency to always want to help everyone so that's what happens to me I become this helper and I can't recover myself so I'm so grateful like hearing people sharing about 35 years of abstinence I am absolutely a baby here I can't help anyone I can only take the help from here so I'm I'm very, very, very grateful that I can call. And I actually love just sitting with my book and taking notes and listening to everyone. And I I just can't wait to get to more of the solution. And this is what we're getting at, at Bold Story, to hear the solution some more. So I'm really, really grateful. So thank you that I could be part of this. Bye.
0: Okay, Uh, thank you, Jennifer. Uh, Amy Kaye, you're up.
3: Good morning. Good morning. It's Amy K. Uh, in New York. Um, I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, and I'm very grateful to be up and awake and on, lo- on the line this morning. I'm a little bit froggy, but hopefully not foggy. I don't know. Um, I still want to be that fresh, Skinned and glowing person that, that, um, what I, what I notice on the line is that there's something that I hear in, um, in your recovered voices, and it's a, I don't know, it's a calm, I guess, um, that is very, that is very attractive. And so (laughs) that kind of replaces seeing the eyes, though I hope someday there will be an opportunity for that too. Um, And I am in a place now where um, it's so clear um, that when someone pushes my equivalent of the drink across the table, um it's just so clear to me that that that's not for me. Um and I have been in in that place before but not with this kind of a calm. And I'm you know I'm working on some on some tough stuff right now. And I've been so I've been very emotional. And um you know i I've been around for a long time, and I'm just really, really praying that this time <laughs> i will I will stick with it and um and stay <laughs> to be that voice in those eyes. so I thank you so so much I pass
2: thank you amy okay, uh, Lydia T. your turn.
6: Hi, this is Lydia from uh, Upper Peninsula of Michigan. Can you hear me?
0: Yes, I sure can, Lydia.
6: Okay. Well, I am a recovered compulsive overeater, um, new to this group, well, new as of since I started the program, I never had been to an OA meeting until I uh, listened to this meeting on the line. And I'm so grateful that I found this meeting before I found any other meeting. Um, I was uh, not new to 12 steps I uh, have been in Al-Anon for 14 years and um, that I thought I knew I thought I knew about the 12 steps well I didn't know anything and I've been learning by listening to everybody here every day and um, going through the steps myself with a sponsor Um, it's funny about the the Light in the eyes and um, the calmness. Uh, I was approached by a woman when I was going to my car the other night, and she stopped me. And I've known her for many years. And she said, "You know, there's something different. What, you know, what have you been doing?" And, and I was able to share with her that I've been um, following OA, and you know, I had already lost all my excess weight before I started following the program um, through white knuckle abstinence, and that's why I decided to find OA because I I couldn't live like that anymore I couldn't do it and um and the fact that somebody noticed and then I talked to another friend on the phone last night and um she asked me how I was doing and she said I can just really tell a difference in you and you know how calm you are and I can see the light in your eyes and I just it was just so nice to have somebody notice and it's I mean it's not about the weight it's about it's about the peace that I have and the spiritual awakening that I had that is just such a I mean, it's such a miracle. I can't even explain it. It was my son's birthday yesterday and I had everybody over for, you know, cake and ice cream and I you know, it, it wasn't even about that, which before that's all I was interested in. Um, it was about spending time with my family and celebrating my son and we all played a game and it was it was just so wonderful to not be focused on um how much I could eat and, you know, and then put everything away so then I could eat more than everybody else. And um, that's all I have to say today. Thank you all very much. I pass.
2: Okay. Uh, Thank you. Excuse me. Thank you, Lydia. All right. Next up, we have uh, Ann M. Is that right? Annie M.? Did I get that wrong? This is Ann, Oh, this is Ann M. from
9: Minnesota. Sorry, I was trying to unmute here. Um, okay. And I just wanted to say I have unspeakable gratitude for this meeting and everyone's service and my sponsor. And um, I had a situation over the weekend, and I was thinking about the line in here where it says um, – that he was inexplicably different, and um, so my my husband and I went to a coffee shop and ran into an old friend. And this old friend made a comment that before I was in recovery, when I was still in the food, I would it would have just set me off, and um, and I would have yelled and reacted violently, and I mean violently towards myself with food, yelling at my husband. So we came home and um, we talked about it briefly in the car. He had to leave to go help a friend. And um, and I did a 10th step and I remember a, a um, conversation with my sponsor from the night before about acceptance. And I thought, okay, I accept that. This situation happened years ago and I am still dragging it around and I'm blaming my husband for somebody else's comment that has nothing to do with him. And um, and so he went, he left to uh, help a friend and instead of eating or screaming at him, which by the way I had just made a, amends for, I um, went to the gym walked on the treadmill, enjoyed my good book, called my sponsor, cleaned up the house, and made a lovely dinner. And so I had to laugh when they talked about the door opened and he stood there. And I am sure in my heart of hearts, my husband is still in shock because he would not have known before what he would have been walking into when he came home. And instead, the house was peaceful. I had a candle going. There was a nice dinner. Um, I wasn't screaming and yelling. I was peaceful. Um, I had a lovely talk with my sponsor, and I thought, wow, that is so different. So it's not just the food. It's recovery from my former behavior and the irony of just talking to my husband about making amends for all the years I've yelled and acted out and, and... was ungrateful for his support in whatever I want to do. So I had to laugh at myself when we read these paragraphs because it was the opposite of what it had been for years, him not knowing what he's going to walk into. And I have to say, he was really brave to come home. And and the house was peaceful. And I got up yesterday morning and I thought, the house is neat and tidy. I am peaceful, I slept well, and it's all because of this recovery and the behavior that has changed and reaching out. And I called my sponsor and- um, General reminder. Thank you. And so just wishing everybody a peaceful day and I will pass. Thank you so much.
0: All right, thank you, Annie. All right, Mm -hmm. Um, we're we're gonna open the floor back up for pitches. Uh, Remember, we're trying to get a variety of voices, so if you've shared in the last couple of days, um, maybe give somebody of the Nancy T. Team. All right, Nancy. Monica T. Ross
10: M.
4: Beth W. Bar- Barbara P. Cheryl C.
0: Okay, that's enough. All right, who was that W?
11: Beth W.
0: Beth. And, uh, all right, I think, did I have a Monica, or was that what that was, after Nancy? Yes, Yeah. Monica. What was your last initial, Monica?
12: T, as in Tom.
0: Monica T. All right. Uh, I can take one more. I've got
2: Nancy, Monica, Russ, Beth, and Barbara. Cheryl C. Sarah? Cheryl. Oh Cheryl, all right. Thanks Cheryl. All right,
0: let's go ahead and go. Uh, Nancy P. You're up. Uh,
13: it was Nancy T. Isn't Tom? But
0: <clears throat> oh, oh hi Nancy. I'm sorry. Uh-huh. Go ahead.
13: No worries, no worries. It's a common mistake. <laughs> um, good morning, Nancy T. Recovered compulsive reader calling from Lewiston, Idaho this morning, and um, Levin being in the book with y'all this morning. So. Uh, the first paragraph that we read there the door opened and there he stood fresh skinned and glowing. there was something about his eyes he was inexplicably different inexplicably you know meaning something that can't be accounted for um, or explained what had happened so I I counter that I don't I'm not lucky to have face-to-face meetings where I live the closest meeting is two hours away so my meetings are on the phone such as we're doing um, right now but I get this because when I talk to people who are struggling, you know, you can just hear it in their voice. You know, they're they're hopeless, they're depressed, they're, um, you know, you can just hear it. You can hear the heaviness in their voice. And even with just a couple of days of um, abstinence under their belt, all of a sudden you can start hearing the light in their eyes comes out in their voice. And I can hear it, and I can tell. And then as I continue to work with people, um, and if they go through all the steps and become recovered, then they have this joy, this passion about passing on this message. You know, you can just see the reco- or hear the recovery. And so that's what I like in it. When he saw Ebi, he knew something was different, even though he couldn't explain what it was. And he was curious. He refused the drink. Why is that? This is his old drinking buddy who, you know, they had... Um, drank for years together and so he's curious you know what is it because he knew that ebby was like him and bill was you know we've read bill was totally hopeless he couldn't stop he was drinking daily he couldn't hold down a job he was living with his wife's parents um it was you know his life was a hot mess and here's this guy who is like him or worse and he's he's clean now he's changed and so he wants to know what is it um, he had been able to do something that Bill hadn't been able to do. Um, but what I like most about these paragraphs here is the contrast, the contrast between Bill in the disease and Ebby in recovery. You know, Bill is thinking only of himself. He's, you know, the last three lines there. Yes. The old man was on, fi- old boy was on fire. Right. But bless his heart, let him out. Besides my gin would last longer than his preaching.
2: So he wasn't
13: really caring at this point, what Ebby had to say. He was just waiting for when he could get a get his gin but yet ebby's purpose in being there was to be helpful was to carry the message and that's the entire psychic change that happens to us all of a sudden we go from being self-centered and selfish to being god-centered and other-centered and so i love the contrast that you see here in the words in these paragraphs and um just well wanted to share so thank you so much and i hope you all have a wonderfully blessed day thank you
0: that'll pass Thank you, Nancy. Okay, Monica T, your turn.
12: Good morning, Craig. Good morning, everyone. This is Monica T, a recovered compulsive overeater in Florida. And thank you, Nancy. Uh, took a lot of my words. Great share. I'm so grateful to be here this morning. The door opened. Hold on, I got to do my, <laughs> my uh, timer here. The door opened and he stood there fresh skinned and glowing. There was something different about his eyes. What had happened? You know, Bill just opens the door, and there's an immediate impact on him from Abby. He hasn't said a word yet, just looking at him. But can you imagine? He's fresh-faced. He's he's glowing. He's clean. He doesn't have bloodshot eyes. His clothing isn't all wrinkled. This is a totally different man standing there at the door in front of him. Wow. What has happened to Abby, he's wondering. You know, and Bill's not in a real good place right here. And he's realizing that he's got trouble with alcohol. and He's tried to stop and he can't. And so he says to him, you know, he offers him a drink and he refuses. What is this, Abby? And then Abby looks at him and he says, simply but smilingly, he says, I got religion. Oh, my God. Can you just see the hairs sticking up on his neck? Ah, could I just feel the old hairs on my neck when somebody would say something like that to me? I got religion. Oh no, here it comes, I was aghast. So that was it. Last summer, an alcoholic crackpot, an alcoholic nut, he was about to be committed. Now I suspect a little cracked, a little crazy about religion, he had that starry-eyed look. Oh my God, can you just relate to this? He's got that starry eyed looking man. I'm going to get lamb blasted here. Yes, the old boy was on fire, all right, but bless his pea picking little heart. Let him rant. I got enough food to last, to outlast him here. So he's curious, but when that word religion popped out, it was like, oh no, here we go. And he's waiting for that sermon and that preaching. But Ebby's not going to do that. What a contrast—the um, before Abby and the Abby that stands there at the door. What a—you uh, know—this really made such an impact on Bill. And you know, God sent Abby. He knew who he was sending when he sent Abby, because, like has been said, Abby and him were long-time friends from school. They were great drinking buddies together. They had drank a lot. They had had a lot of binges together. He knew Abby. And he knew Abby could not stay sober at all. And he was just the person that it, that Bill needed to see because he could believe the guy when he does start opening his mouth. And with that, I'm going to pass.
0: Okay, thank you, Monica. All right, now we have the money man, Russ M. You're up.
10: Good morning, Craig. Good
0: morning, Russ. <laughs>
10: Cross recover for a reader outside of Philly. Um, so I, I just think of uh, my situation. When I, every time I hear this part of the book, I read it, I think of my Abby. Um, I met him through music. Uh, it's funny how God works because uh, I was just a fan of a certain bass player that was from our, our town, and he just happened to be connected to him, and it was just funny how God intertwined that and put us together, and. He was coming in my office because his back and neck were hurting. And, you know, just kind of just on the side was like, you know, I'm a recovered crack addict. And it just, you know, that planted the seed. So maybe about two, three weeks in, you know, around that time, I was just wrecked. I was really in pain, scared, fearful, just of life in general. And I asked him, I said, John, you know, or I told told him, I said, John, I think I have a, you know, I think I have issues with food, and he's twelve step me, and it was like textbook out of out of uh, working with others. He didn't say anything about God. He, didn't, he just talked about the twelve so said, You know, you need to check it out. I said, "How do I know? Do I do I need it?" He said, "You won't know you need it until you get there." Something, something like to that effect. And uh, you know, I, I owe a lot to him because he knew I was really re- broken. I was really screwed up, and I couldn't even. I couldn't manage a day without a binge, and or or, or just one binge, and uh, he was there for me. It was really really cool. It taught me how to how to do it for others. Now looking at myself, you know, when somebody asks me, or you know, I'm ready to hit them with everything, and uh, and I'm ready ready to bombard them, and I could see them being like Bill, saying, "Yeah, <laughs> all right, buddy, I, I I could hit the pizza shop while you tell me all this stuff." Because it, you know, sometimes I'm over ambitious, and I don't want people to be hurting, and I want—I don't want them to suffer. And I want them to get a taste of what what someone gave me, and um, you know, the whole thing is I have to learn to temper it. I, ha- I guess I got to study uh, working with others some more, but uh, I—that's you know, that's, that's basic just what I wanted to wanted to share with you. It's just I, I wouldn't have life if it wasn't for John Hill. If it wasn't for John Hill and uh, but walking me to to this program uh, uh being a recovered crack addict i i i, w- I wouldn't have anything so because he got me close to god and he got me to you guys so love you have a beautiful day
2: okay russ
0: thank you all right next up we have beth w hi this
11: beth? is beth w from north dakota recovered compulsive overeater hi, and beth. um hi craig thanks for your service I just um, you know i 've never gotten to see any of you in your you know the light in your eyes um, where I live there's um, there's really not a meeting to go to, so this is where I get to hear recovery um, and 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 see the light um, in your eyes through your words and um, all I can think of is like um, Like when you're when you've lost a sense, you know, you hear about people who are blind and and their other senses become more acute. And I can hear um, the light in your eyes, all of you, as you share. And I needed that. Um, I felt like I was stumbling around blindly um, and desperate and hurting. And when I found, and, and it's funny that the name of this meeting is a vision for you, I don't know, that just struck me that I was so blind to my disease and what was keeping me um, sick and hurting and, and not able to feel God's love and, um, and through your words and not seeing any of you in the flesh, face to face, um, I could hear the light in your eyes, and um, it was a message that I needed. It had depth and weight, and I can um, today say I'm recovered, and I'm super grateful for this meeting.
14: So that's all I have, and I'll pass.
0: Okay, thank you. Uh, Barbara P., your turn.
14: Good morning, this is Barbara in Atlanta. And you know when I read this, I- What I hear, and some people have touched on this, I hear how not to approach somebody. Um, I know I would have run out the door. There could not have been enough pizza, honestly, and I was desperate. I mean, I was at my end, but I, I don't know. I was so, the word religion just turned me around. And I think about that, and I'm sure we have people on the line who might feel the same. The last thing I wanted was God. I I wanted to know how to stop eating. I wanted to know how to stop the insanity. I wanted a way out, but I did not want God. And, um, and today, so to be in a place where that is totally turned around, but nobody, I always thought about people were trying to convert me. I just thought they had an ulterior motive. And so the word religion and God came with a lot of stuff. And then, you know, I also think sometimes people walk in and they have a lot of deep belief, religious belief, but it still may not be working yet with the food. So I just think this is such the wrong way to go about it. They didn't know any better, but I'm thank goodness for working with others. That really does have the instructions on how to do this, where spirituality and God and religion don't come in until a little bit. I mean, first somebody has to just, really be in that desperate place like Bill was, like I was. My Abby, and it was just truly miraculous, and and I know today a higher power absolutely put these people, it was people um, in my path when I was ready to hear. Uh, But my Abby didn't talk about any of that. They just talked about, you know, I needed to go to a meeting, and they pointed me to a meeting. Actually, they wouldn't tell me much. They kept it kind of mysterious, So like another speaker, I think I have to watch my enthusiasm sometimes and just really talk about, yeah, today I'm neutral with the food. That is miraculous. There's a process to get there, a very practical program, and I just follow direction. And I continue to follow direction today, and it continues to keep me very neutral. Um, I don't want to eat today, but I also know, that I'm not cured, and I'm just days within a binge if I don't work this practical program. So at any rate, I'm just so glad I was not approached this way. I think my higher power knew I would have been running, running, running the other direction. So that's all. I pass. Thanks for letting me share.
2: Thanks, Barbara. Uh, Cheryl C., your turn.
15: Hello, this is Cheryl c. i'm a compulsive overeater in Louisville, Kentucky. And um, I rarely share I, I listen almost every day um, to this this meeting and the special editions on Sunday. and I really felt uh, convicted to share this morning. Um, and um, I think I just i what's really motivating me is just, you know, gratitude. Um I had a spiritual experience after working the Twelve Steps about eight years ago and um someone at work um came up to me and told me that I had blossomed. And um so I definitely had the spiritual experience of the educational variety where um other people saw it before I did the change. And um you know what really is amazing to me is you know um, I have uh, still had relapse and I've still had struggles and um, and I've worked the the steps again and again, and right now I just gave my fifth step yesterday to my sponsor um, so I'm still you know in the middle of working the steps again, but you know uh, that first spiritual experience that I had was so um, impactful that, you know, it it was truly an awakening to the point where, you know, it was never the same again. And, you know, even though I, you know, I'm still, you know, on a daily basis needing to work the steps, it's like, you know, once you have this spiritual experience, at least this is my experience, um, that, you know, you're just truly never the, the same again. And um, And, you know, I think that's why I, Coming back and um, you know, keep doing everything I can to stay connected to the program, the higher power, um, and um, so uh, you know, I just really felt compelled to to say that, and um, I guess that's all I have to say for now. Thank you.
2: Well, thank you very much, Cheryl. Okay, we have
0: time for a few more. Uh, who would like to share? P.P.
16: Harry C. I Anne Marie Pete, M. Z Judy F.
0: Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I think we got enough. Pete B. Then there was, some, I, I didn't, couldn't write quick enough. Who was next?
16: Anne, Perry Anne Marie M. Morze.
0: All right. I got you, Mora. And there was somebody off for Anne Marie. Who was that?
17: Terry. Judy F.
0: There were two of you just talked. It was, who was that, Terry? What? Terry C. All right. Calvin S. Okay. Um, I don't think we're going to have time for you, Calvin, um, but I'll put you down. All right. Go ahead, Pete. Take us away.
18: Thanks, Craig. Pete B., can you hear me okay? I can. I'm a compulsive overeater recovered today by God's grace and mercy, and uh, I'm uh, probably just echoing what, what's what been said so eloquently and effectively earlier, but, you know, I, I, with with this what this says to me is it's, it speaks to who we are, who our being is and who we are presenting to the world, right? Because right, what, what, what really struck Bill is not the words, but the vision, right? What he was looking at. And it's important. It's important for us to carry ourselves as recovered individuals, right? Like I can remember very, very distinctly when I went to one of the first AA meetings that I ever went to, there was a guy there, yeah. And he says, well, if you if you want what we have, come on back, right? And I thought to myself, here's a guy, he's saying that his pants were filthy. He was smoking two cigarettes at one time. He wasn't shaven. He was disheveled. And I thought to myself, well, what is it that you think you have? Like, what is, what is it that's attractive about that? And to me, that, now, mind you, he could have been in a tuxedo and tails. And, and you know, at that point in time, I wasn't staying sober anyway. But that left an impression, right? Like, we need to carry ourselves into this world to be the, the best example that we can be of this recovered state so that we, could be attract, with, that we could attract folks, right? Because, you know, I know this. Like, as far as I was concerned, you were all liars and cheaters and thieves just like me because that's all who I associated with. And if you were talking, if, the words, if words were coming out of your mouth, I was most likely not believing them because most of the words coming out of my mouth were not believable. Right? I just told stories and lies, and you know, I'd lie to you for fifteen minutes, and then let you lie to me for fifteen minutes, right? Like it would just go back and forth, All right? Like I have, I, I people, people are attracted to our being. You're gonna forget what I had to say fifteen minutes after I said it, maybe even sooner. The person after me already forgot it because they're not even listening; they're thinking about what they're gonna say. And I'm not saying that in any derogatory way. It's just our being. It's our nature. It's just the way it is. But right, like. Like, what we what I have to focus on is who I'm being in any given day. I always like to say the power of God is demonstrated through me in everything I do, in everything I say, in every single
10: moment of every single day. And with that, I'll pass.
2: Okay, Pete, thank you. Anne-Marie, your turn.
16: Hi, thanks, Greg, for sharing, uh, moderating the meeting, and this is Anne-Marie M., Recovered through God's grace in South Carolina. And my entire life, I believed that if I got compliments on how I looked and, um, you know, lost the weight and was attractive to other people, you know, physically, I thought that would be the best. You know, it would be the absolute best. But I'll have to tell you, the best compliment I got was from my husband when he said, "You know, there's something different about you. You know, this time, you know, there's, you know, there's something I can see—not physically. You know, the weight loss is good, but there's something else different about you." And um, he didn't say the glow in my eyes, <laughs> but um, that was that was the best compliment ever. And um, it's just just so um, ironic that all my life I just wanted to be Looked at as a thin person because I thought thin was well, and the, the best compliment I get is from somebody thinking, seeing that um, I'm different, you know, um, on the inside, not so much on the outside, and uh, that that was um, that was just great for me to have that that compliment, and um, you know, I am not geared today towards getting into a certain size or, or staying this way or getting on the scale every day, making sure that I don't gain any weight. I My focus is on doing God's will. And I feel so blessed that that's where I want to be. I want to be doing what God wants me to do, you know, to be helpful to other people and to be an example, you know, not just on the outside, but, um, I mean, not just, uh, uh, you know, Um, on the outside, but also on the inside, that they can see that, you know, there's some kind of a change in my personality. But that, I'll pass. Thanks.
0: Okay, thank you. Uh, Terry, um, we've got about three minutes, so.
17: Good morning. Thank you, Craig. Um, Yeah, I'm going to keep talking, assuming I can be heard. So, um, Mm -hmm. I'm Terry, I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in New Jersey, and I just, really got in touch with this morning, again, you know, the identification with Bill through this whole chapter, but particularly in these paragraphs, because I know that he wrote this when he was in a recovered state of mind, but he manages to seep in there the real selfishness and the real resentments and the real retaliation that I could feel and be threatened by when I was in my disease. You know, he, he talks about um, he, he wasn't himself um bless his heart let him rant my gin would last longer than his preaching and i just so realized that bill was letting us know that place of fear that we all come from you know the place on page 68 when it tells us you know wasn't it because self-reliance failed us i'm thinking of the humiliation and the defeat that bill was starting to have an inkling about when he saw Eddie, and it said you know um it made it, it made us cocky. It made us cocky. He's a little cocky when he's talking about, hey, my gin's gonna last longer than his preaching anyway. So um, it just, you know, I'm just so grateful when I read this to remember that, you know, still, you know, still, my agnostic thinking, I can come from a place where it's all about me, but the most important thing, you know, I'm spiritually fit when I remember that um, it's really. It's really helping others, being with others and being happy for their goodwill, being happy for their happiness or their satisfaction that um, is really what my work is supposed to be. And so I just love the parallelism this morning of where Bill's frame of mind probably was even though he couldn't deny the truth about Ebby. And I know in there is some small glimmer of hope that he said, you know, as we learn later on in the next page that if Eddie can have it he can have it too so I'll just stand with that and thank you for letting me share
0: all right thank you Mara we've got less than 30 seconds do you have something quick you want to say
17: in 30 seconds I can just be grateful that my Ebby was my sister and I got the message albeit posthumously but I got the message and with that I'll pass
0: Thank you, Mara. Appreciate it. Okay. Um, thank you to everyone who shared. Please join us for the second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for today is one two five six two. That's for February eighteenth, two thousand and nineteen. One two five uh, six two. We'll now close with a reading from the Big Book on page one sixty four, followed by the Serenity Prayer. Um, Okay, uh, that's Allison L. Please uh, read for us.
4: Sure, this is Allison L., recovered compulsive reader in Ohio. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. Answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got